Somebody's going to get killed. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's January 3rd, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 162. This is No Agenda. And Happy New Year, Gitmo Nation. Welcome to the new Ice Age. Coming to you live from the Minimum Security Containment Cell Crackpot Command Center, still located in Gitmo Nation West, San Francisco, California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And it's bright and sunny here in northern Silicon Valley. And I'm sunny, too. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. In the morning to you, John. Happy New Year. In the morning to you, too. Hold on one sec. My children, it's a Sunday morning service. Tell it to no agenda. Gonna get some Adam Curry. Adam. Gonna get a little John, John. C. Dvorak. Lord, help us out. Yeah, Lord, help us out. I, I like that one. <laughs> so, again, it's a little long. Yeah, but it, but this is good. It's good for an opening jingle, kind of to get everyone in the mood for early service. So um, I guess what is going on is mostly this uh, this crotch bomber guy. You want to I dive have- right into that? I mean, how about Happy New Year? I wish you all the best for 2010, yeah. my friend. It's been great. It's just another day. It's what, another weekend. Where did you celebrate? What did you do? Anything fun? Yeah, okay. So, hey, man. <laughs> yeah. How was your New Year? Well, let me tell you what happened. A funny thing happened over New Year's. All right, you want to hear it? No? Yeah. <laughs> so we went up to Bodega Bay. You familiar? Yeah, it's, it's a little drive up. It's just, if I, I can see it from the house. Yeah, along with Russia. So we drove up to Bodega Bay, and we had this great uh, great place we're staying at for a couple days. Um, but it was really shitty weather, so the whole idea of the the blue moon beach walk, and, you know, it was raining. It was cloudy. There was no moon to be seen. It was crap up there. How was it? Was it nice down uh, near you? Gorgeous. Ugh, see, typical. Not that, but we get to see the fireworks from the, you know, there's fireworks this place San Francisco had. And uh, and there was just enough of a breeze. Generally speaking, in San Francisco, when they have fireworks, it's either fog, and the fireworks go into the fog, and you always see a flash of light. <laughs> right, right. Or there's, it, it's, it's nice out, but there's no wind, and so the thing becomes a, a big mass of, cl- of smoke. And so every time, you know, it becomes a mess. But this was actually cleared. It was really pretty. And they had a couple new, a lot of smiley faces. And there's another bomb they've been shooting called, that looks like a cube when it blows up. It's uh, just a, it's a, like a cube. Oh, it's a new, a new type of uh, pyrotechnic. Yeah. So, um, so we're up there. And, of course, you know, it's like, it's like there's nothing going on. Now, not that we expected anything super to be going on, but because the weather was crap, there was really nothing going on. Uh-huh. And so we're like, oh, man. So you know, we, we go into the lobby, and there's this uh, group of uh, English people. And uh, so it's uh, Brits. like... Yeah, Brits. But it's the, it's the grandma and grandpa, uh, who are probably right near their 70s, but, you know, really proper. And, they're, and grandma's already hammered. And they've got their kids. Their kids live, uh, live nearby in uh, Petaluma. And uh, and her other uh, other kids from Australia were in. So it was probably like uh, with some grandchildren. It was probably about uh, ten or eleven people. And uh, so we and and they had, of course, as proper Brits do, they had a big you know big cooler full of booze, <laughs> literally like a Coleman cooler uh, with uh, champagne and uh, Bailey's and beer and uh, sh- you know you name it. 
and they had party hats and um, noisemakers and uh, what they call crackers, you know, that explode with confetti. And uh, and so we uh, we actually wound up uh, celebrating with them right there in the lobby, and it was great. We trashed the entire lobby, but the funniest thing was, uh, so you know, after we're like as after midnight, we're let talking. me guess, let me guess, it was the Queen. No, no, oh. no. So <laughs> so these people, I have no idea who they are, and like, oh, this is kind of interesting to celebrate with them. And uh, and one of these guys says, so uh, so what do you do? I said, oh, you know, media company, whatever. Ah, you probably know my best friend. <laughs> Sounds good already. He says, my best friend, Leo. Leo? Like, yeah. The guy, the guy lives in Petaluma. Oh, yeah, he lives in Petaluma. <laughs> Everybody in Petaluma knows each other. And he's like, Leo is, is the best. Leo is awesome. I was like, Happy New Year. That's, that's cool. I'm very happy for you. So what was the guy's name? I have no idea. Huh. I don't remember the guy's name. He's in real estate. He he looked unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he was. He's in real estate. But it was beautiful up there. Uh, the next day <laughs> after New Year's, it got really good. All right, forget about it. John, yeah, it sounds like he had a great time. Nah, we did. It, it it was all right. It was weird. You know, it's uh, people. Did you rent a car? You had to rent a car, didn't you? you don't have a I car. Still, no, I still have the car from the from the Yosemite trip. I oh, you renting it by the month or the week or the? No, no a weekly rental with the oh, Enterprise. You just, just didn't take it back. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. I got a weekly rental with Enterprise. It was a pretty good deal. It was like four hundred bucks for the week. It was, you know, it was perfect. So what was the? Uh... What is the car? What kind of car is it? Oh, it's a I piece hate of- Enterprise, by the way. Oh, I love Enterprise. The one on uh, on Folsom Street, they're awesome. No, I don't like them. Why don't you like them? They, they treat I me perfectly. I used to get cars. When I had, I rented from them twice, I think. And one time they stiffed me on some something. And then the other one, I was sitting there taking the car back. And they were somebody else had their car being inspired. To the, they were looking for little dings, and I mean, it was unbelievable. I've never oh, seen really? anything like it. Oh, no, it no. just like an onerous company. I, I don't like them. Well, the one in Folsom is exactly the opposite of every, everything you're saying there. So um, it was it was a great deal. It was like a Tahoe for for four hundred bucks in a, a Tahoe, week. a big giant gas guzzler. Yeah. How do no. you even get that thing in the in the parking spot? Well, as long as you're not parked there, it's not much of a problem, John. If it's not you or Molly who's parked there, I mean, God, the whole new media industry of San Francisco has my garage cork door code and is using my parking spot. The other day, Molly Wood was here. She had a car here for two days. Where was Molly? Well, now that's a question. <laughs> I am not at liberty to disclose that information. Hmm. But it was here for two days. I was like. You know that's taking advantage of it. Now, now my friends can't even uh, park in the spot. Well, I'll be, I'll be over soon. Why are you going to take the Tahoe back? Well, Can no, you th- even drive a car that big? You're British. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm American. I, I'm perfectly capable of driving a car like that. And by the way, what a great deal, huh? Yeah, I guess. If you on, don't you- it, it's like what's four hundred bucks a week plus what five hundred dollars in gasoline. Well, yeah, the gas. No, I only filled it up twice, so. Uh, you only fought that was thousand bucks. Oh, a hundred bucks, and no, 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 no. I was like, <laughs> screw you, you're a horrible man. So, uh, what do you see on the news this week? I mean, nothing's happened. I mean, so since Thursday, it's just the same crap. Well, a couple of things. Uh, a lot of people started sending me articles about the Codex Alimentarius. Uh, 
Yes, I saw those uh, emails. Yeah, which uh, now I I've been talking about this for pretty yeah pretty much going on two years. This is the food law, which is now actual law in uh, the United States of Europe. And, uh, of course, this is a United Nations initiative. So this is very much like global warming or climate change. So there's, you know, all kinds of panels. And um, so there were two stories that were sent in. And, you know, we're going to be hearing a lot more about this. So I, I just, just to whet your appetite, this, was, uh, this is uh, from the Wisconsin Ag Connection. Wisconsin Ag Connection. Um, members of the State Senate Committee on Agriculture and Higher Education will soon be looking at several bills that are beginning to move through the legislative process. And so they've got uh, all these different things about which relate to uh, people who can food at home. You're going to forget that. Uh, you can't can food at home? Uh, the sale of home canned food products. That will be the first item of the agenda. So you can can food at home, but you just won't be able to sell it. Well, I mean, who sells their own canned food anyway? Well, lots of people in Wisconsin, apparently. Oh. And then um, uh, people who render dead animals to produce grease or other non-food products. Essentially, this is what the Codex Alimentarius is doing is uh, outlawing all different kinds of food and food products. And they have to, it all, here, for instance, the standards for honey um, must be... Consistent with standard for honey under the Codex Alimentarius of the Food and Agricultural Organization of the United Nations and the World Health Organization. So, you know, they're going to, it comes in slowly. It's on honey first. And before you know it, it's going to be. Gonna on, put up, what's the honey thing? Okay, lawmakers I mean, are proposing. The honey out there. People put in corn syrup. They do all kinds of stuff too because there's not enough honey to go around. Finding good honey is, is an art. Well, of course. Well, here it is. Lawmakers are proposing that the DATCP, no idea what that is, be required to prom promulgate. What does that mean, Promul promulgate? Which kind of uh, reproduce and, and get bigger. <laughs> oh, like government. Promulgate rules that establish standards for products sold as honey and standards for the testing by private laboratories of samples submitted by persons who wish to sell honey produced in the state of Wisconsin as certified honey. It, it's, it's, it's beyond the, it's beside the point. It's, it's all just kind of starting here. Milk and milk products. This is uh, from the USDA. Well, they're going to go out of their way to, to uh, outlaw raw milk done by the actual clean dairy farmers. Yeah, well, you can follow it all as the USDA um, announced a public meeting to provide information and receive comments on agenda items and draft U.S. positions that will be discussed at the ninth session of the Codex Committee on Milk and Milk Products. It's all starting. Codex was created in 1963 by two United Nations organizations, Food and Agriculture Organization and the World Health Organization. Does that not tell you enough when the WHO is involved? Yeah, the WHO is, is there's something wrong with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can uh, take a look at those links at your, at your leisure uh, at noagendashow.com. So, you know, and that was kind of like, oh, well, you know, kind of expected that to happen. There's still, you know, a lot about the crotch bomber. What, what I did kind of stumble into, and I was only basically reading uh, the newspapers over the past couple of days, whatever the, it was the, uh, the Chronicle that was delivered to the, uh, to the hotel room. And uh, really looking at, uh, at the two main Gitmo Nation stories. One is about the, uh, about Blackwater, 
Um, the judge, of course, dismissed Blackwater from any wrongdoing in the killing of 17 Iraqis in 2007. And uh, Iraq has gone nuts. And, uh, and so all these Iraqis uh, or family members are now uh, bringing civil suits against Blackwater. And they're really pissed off about it, as is uh, whoever the Iraqi government is and whatever they are doing. They apparently are also angry. Um, and uh, and the other story was, and I'm going to try and pull these two together, um, about these eight kids that allegedly were killed by CIA agents in uh, Afghanistan. Did you read about this at all? No, not at all. So this was uh, apparently a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago. And, of course, the story is really uh, is very sketchy. But the Afghanis in this, in this town or village are claiming that CIA agents actually pulled teenagers out of their beds, dragged them out, and executed them in the street. And this would, and, and you know, right next to it, of course, is the story about the eight CIA agents who were blown to smithereens uh, in their highly secure compound, which now, as it turns out, was actually, um, by some accounts, a, a, a CIA informant. Who was yeah, who the double crossed them? A, a paid informant. Yeah, double crossed them. Yeah. So you know, there's a uh, a tit for tat. I don't believe that entirely, but that's the way it's being presented in uh, in mainstream media. So yeah, this stuff. It's just like, huh. there was something funny though that I've been following, and at first I was like, this is this is. I was actually like, oh, this is bull crap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're rubbing off on me. Yay. But if you read through the reports, every single time NATO or the forces uh, nail some Taliban, it's always 30. Have you noticed this? I've noticed uh, not, not until now, but okay. now that you mention it, I think I ha- may, maybe have seen it. Well, so I have a, and, and this is from Security Crank, which I thought you should, probably should read this from time to time. Um, so going back to 2000, uh, here's it. Uh, well, how far back does this go? Well, just in the in the past year, um, December seventh, up to 30 suspected militants were killed in a NATO airstrike on a Taliban hideout. And now from the Chronicle on December fourth, airstrikes in two areas of the uh, uh, Maman border region killed 30 suspected militants on November fourth. The military said the troops have killed 30 more militants. <laughs> uh, August 31st, at least 30 bodies of suspected Taliban fighters were recovered. Maybe it's the same 30. They just keep dragging No, no, no. no is, <laughs> I don't think so. And it's all different publications. So Calgary Times on July 4th. The attack included attempted suicide truck bombing of the base on the Xerox district of the southeastern uh, Patitka province, as many as 30 Taliban insurgents might have been killed. It's, this is the Ministry of Truth, essentially, what is happening here. And they just take this this number 30, because I guess it sounds good. And even in uh, in Yemen, February 3rd, Saleh urged the leaders not to give refuge to militants and help the states fight against al-Qaeda by turning them in. A security official told Reuters authorities had detained 30 suspected militants in a renewed campaign. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's an incredible find. It's all 30. That doesn't... Well, that makes no sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, 
So the title of this Who article is... are they is, kidding with this nonsense? The title of the article is Winning the War, 30 Taliban at a Time. <laughs> That's great. Every single article. We should start paying attention to this. It always seems to be 30. Code of some sort. Huh? It's code. It's coded. It's a coded message. They, when, when they use the word 30, that means you're, there's something in that message that is some... It's like an order or who knows what. No, I think it's just... Yeah, you know, they're just spouting some kind of BS. I mean, I'm telling you it's code. It's coded mm-hmm. message. Speaking of coded message, so this uh, this movie Avatar, oh, has now done one billion dollars. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you know, but Cameron, you know, he gets another shot at it because you know, if this movie would have flopped, well, the movie, he, yeah. the, you know, but but John, I I re- I'm really worried about this, and and I said it kind of flippantly on the last show, but this whole thing with flickering images and polarized glasses i think this is a mind control thing and the first thing you're, you're programmed to do is to make your friends go see this and uh, have you do you feel any different after seeing the movie no i don't adam why do you ask <laughs> exactly i'm, tell, I'm telling you this i mean this movie came out of nowhere was there like a pre-hype that i missed somehow I mean, like, uh, like being, years yeah. of hype? Years and years? But it was being heavily promoted for about two weeks on TV, uh, on talk shows. Yeah, well, for a couple of weeks, but to do a billion dollars in, in, in two weeks? That definitely has a word-of-mouth thing going on, because people, I mean, everybody, now, of course, we panned the movie. I think we're the only people in the world who have I haven't. I haven't even seen it, nor do I intend to, because I don't think this 3D stuff is good for your head. I'm telling well, you, this is programming. Case, all I know is this. I said I was going to go see the movie, uh, IMAX 3D version, and I got tweets and i got skype ims i got leo send me a note everybody was like you're going to love it (laughs) see exactly this is what i'm talking about (laughs) this there's something about this i don't trust it subliminal messages there's stuff going on here but i haven't you know i've i don't know if i recommend i mean the subliminal message would be to recommend the movie i mean because that's how you get out of out of debt right okay so the subliminal message tell your friends to go see the movie that it's a possibility that that exists but all i know is that the entire family which saw the movie we're all complaining about it as being a a, a hokey shallow you know bogus (laughs) storyline cartoon characters that weren't very interesting and the whole thing and a couple of mistakes we thought about this the other day you know where the guys are different heights it seems and um Meanwhile, everybody else is going on and on. And again, I reiterate what I said last show, which is Tom Hartman, the left wing commentator, uh, says this is probably the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life. Left wingers, Leo's left of center and other people that are liberals tended to like this movie more than anybody. Yeah, I think they're more susceptible to the uh, polarized uh, subliminal messages. Well, if you think it's the greatest movie you ever saw in your life, so here's the joke of it. We're watching uh, one of these guys go on about this movie, and then we turn, we fl- we're flipping around the channel. <laughs> we found Wall E, which is that cute movie with the little robot. Oh yeah, and realized that Wall E. It's the same movie. Well, it's not the same movie. It has actually more. It has more. <laughs> <laughs> deeper and it was like you know the, even though we're all looking at true cartoon characters the wally movie is actually 
a ten time better. It's it's much. Well, they were successful too, but it was. It's actually a much better movie, and it's the same kind of dystopian situation and the rest of it. But it's funnier. That's for damn sure. Well, there's something going on with this, and just when I saw this come over the wire this morning, I was just like, you know, this is weird. This is really weird. Of all the movies that have come out, and yeah, of course there was a a, a couple weeks of massive hype, but what up with that dog? This is weird. One billion dollars in receipts. That's $350 million in the U.S. alone in two weeks time. You know, it's like, it's, is either that or the fluoride and the lithium in the water has really kicked in because it just makes no sense. It just makes no sense. This is rec- this is record shattering, is it not? Yeah, the thing is going is definitely setting the world on fire, and it's and and you're you know if you don't go see it, I I will ad- admit, even though I've been programmed to recommend it, <laughs> uh, you're not missing anything. I will say that on uh, Spanker Vision in the hotel, I saw um, Men Who Stare at Goats with George Clooney. Oh, I've wanted to see that. It's funny because it's 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 not even really a movie. It's a, it's a true story, you know, and, and it's the account of. Um, I'll, I'll, shall I just spoil it for you right away, just so you, so you know what's going on? Yeah, go for it. Okay, we, so, we, let, we should make a, a pact on this show. If you're going to listen to No Agenda, anybody, we're going to spoil all the movies. You know, yeah. we're not going to. Oh, you know, we don't want to save the ending just in case. <laughs> Who cares? All right, good. I think that's a great pact. So, um, yeah, it's uh, long and the short of it is this, it is the story of a journalist who uh, stumbles upon this fantastic story of these uh, psyops, uh, super uh, warrior soldiers who were trained apparently in uh, in psychological warfare, and they could do things such as stop a goat's heart just by staring at them. Um, and it was, uh, you know, it's kind of like a sidetrack to the CIA MK Ultra uh, project. But um, you know, so, so the guy uh, essentially he writes this incredible story about everything that happened to him. And you know, they're cloud busting. These guys, George Clooney is busting up clouds over him, which we, you and I know is is absolutely possible with orgone energy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I've done it. Come on, you can do it too. Everyone can do that if you just focus a little bit. And. Uh, and one of the things that he comes across is uh, as a, uh, in Iraq, actually, 2003, which is funny because I was in Iraq in that very same period, is they've locked up uh, uh, combat, enemy combatants and were playing Barney for them 24 hours a day, the Barney song. So the, 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 the end of the story, which starts off with, you know, this story is more true than you'll ever believe, Um the guy uh, writes up the entire story, sends it off to all the newspapers, all the television stations, and the only part that they actually use is the Barney story, which you'll recall probably, right? You recall that there was a report on that? No, I don't remember that, but it, I, it was I like should. we were, yeah, we were uh, subjecting uh, military uh, enemy combatants to uh, listening to Barney twenty four hours a day in their cell with strobing lights. Uh, but it's a good story about the ninja warrior. No, what are you, the Jedi warriors? Of the U.S. Armed Forces. So yeah, well, Clooney does some of the most off the wall stuff. Yeah, I mean, but it's he, it's always the true stuff. Yeah, well, he did the one, and he also did the story of uh, the guy who ran ran the Gong Show, which was really a great movie, by the way. Yep. 
uh, with, uh, what's his name, Barnett Barrett, uh, I can't remember his name, last name of the guy. But he, uh, you know, claimed to be a CIA assassin. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. I love Clooney. <laughs> no, I mean, he's unbelievable. He's spot on. So, um, let's see. Uh, back to the, uh, well, what else? Do we have anything else? Any more? Uh, well, yeah, I, I got tons of interesting little things. Oh, by the way, my, you know, talking about the Iraq uh, situation, you kind of mentioned the... Uh, my son noticed something. He corresponds with people. He knows. He says he knows a couple of Marines that are in Iraq, and he says they're. And then he did some research, and he he says that at West, and he's got a friend at West Point, and he says the West Point, some time ago, stopped teaching strategies and tactics, warfare tactics, and started teaching and pushing everyone toward logistics, and that the entire our entire. Army and it's according to one of his Marine friends, who's bitching and moaning that he's not out there fighting. He's 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 stringing Ethernet cable as his job. Is all the fighting has been turned over to Blackwater? Oh yeah. And all the Army and the Air Force and Navy Marines, all they do is the logistics, making sure that these guys get their you know everything. <laughs> so, so they've, yeah, they've actually switched it around. Whereas the the Z, as they're now known, or Blackwaters of the world where they actually used to do all the logistics, now they're doing the actual fighting because those guys are are, are snorting coke with dewormer in it. Well, the other thing is apparently when a Blackwater guy gets killed, it doesn't show up as a casualty of, of an army guy. Yeah, nor does it show up as an actual troop in the theater. Think about yeah. that. I mean, we're, we're t- we talk about sending 30,000 or 40,000 troops over to Afghanistan you know, they're just there for logistics. There's probably 200,000 con- consultants who are working it. It's a total accounting trick. Well, not only that, but it's obviously we've outsourced the war. We don't go to war anymore. We there just kind of manage it. Yeah. And do you think that there are some companies profiting from it outside of the uh, the obvious? Please. That's a scam. It is a scam. Yeah. War is a racket, someone important once said. Uh, that was uh, Sam. I was a uh, uh, was it Butler or uh, the guy who? I think uh, it was Butler. He's a guy, Smedley. Smedley Butler. He's the guy who broke up the plot to uh, to dethrone uh, Roosevelt, and he wrote a book called "War Is a Racket." Another book we've got to read. Yeah, we have to get a hold of that book and read it. Um, here's something that uh, didn't quite make it for last uh, last year's list. Of course, we had uh, Man of the Year, uh, Helicopter Ben Bernanke. We had um, CIO of the Year, Vivek Kundra. It couldn't get any better, although it was just a little bit too late. In Forbes magazine, Company of the Year. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. (laughs) How did this happen? Dare you take a little guess there, John? Could it be? Monsanto. And they've got this picture of, uh, I guess, the CEO. the CEO, and he's sitting there with some candy corn. And <laughs> I'm just going to call it candy corn. And the guy doesn't look healthy. <laughs> he just looks ill. <laughs> it really doesn't look good at all. And it's just this big masturbatory story about how fantastic they are. And forget all their $44 billion market cap value. And there's $7.3 billion of seeds and seed genes, which they sold in uh, 2009. It's just like, oh, these guys are great. They're awesome. (laughs) 
And uh, was it the planet versus Monsanto? This is the mark once again. Yeah. The planet versus Monsanto is the title of the article under Company of the Year. I'm sure you all can't wait to read it in the show notes at noagendashow.com. It's just unbelievable. I mean, it doesn't matter what we say or what we do. <laughs> it's like we can bitch and moan all we want about Bernanke, about Monsanto, about Vivek Kundra. You know, we've uncovered quite a bit, which wasn't actually our uncovering. We're just kind of passing on the news. Yeah, no, we're consolidating the news that's out there and then deconstructing uh, the much of it, which is obviously, you know, slanted. That's all. And anyone can do it. Yeah. And, you know, the great thing is, is that we do have a certain effect. I want to read a letter from uh, I got this. It just showed up in the mail. And now it's, a long distance dedication. John C. Dvorak brings it to you. Dear John and Adam. You know, do the voice, man. Dear John. And Dear Adam. John and Adam. I'm a 17 year old listener from Saginaw, Michigan. Oops. This paper's stuck. Ah, Jeez. Is that anywhere near Detroit? Saginaw? I think it's near Dearborn. I'm not sure. I I remember seeing it on a map. I can't say where. First off, I'd like to say my mom used to work for a local PBS station at Delta College, WDQ, WDCQ19. WDCQ19 in Michigan. Delta College. I've been a, I've been to many upon many of their pledge drives. One thing I would always remember telling my mom is that she never sounds the same on TV as she did in real life. Our family eventually called her it her TV voice, which is when which is what you just did. Yeah. Which is when she went on to ask people for money to support quality public broadcasting. The clips you played of how time the phone ringing is in the background reminded me of how shots of people answering the phones were sometimes previously recorded. <laughs> When there was a mad rush of ringing or sometimes the entire pledge drive was pre-recorded so they didn't have to come to work after hours (laughs) or on the weekends. (laughs) Perfect. Secondly, I'm an online high school sociology class in an online high school sociology class. I'm pretty sure you're both familiar with online classes, but blah, blah, blah. They're an alternative if you're a fast learner or dumb. Okay. I've been listening to No Agenda before I started taking sociology online this semester, and a lot of things my teacher in our textbook discussions has me in outrage. Mm-mm. It seems as though they're trying to either desensitize or at least acquaint students with ideas of a, uh, now so they are more familiar and more accepting of them later. My example right now is a population control presented in Chapter 16 of my textbook. And he's got a PDF of it. Oh, it's cool. Please send that to me. Send that to, I want to put that in the show notes. Okay. It is presented to me as a necessary way to ensure that our world doesn't get over crowded with people but the kicker here is that our teacher opened up a discussion board posting essentially a forum with the topic i wonder if the usa will ever need to pass a law to limit the number of children a couple can have as they've done in china i think that teachers have opened the door to teaching population control is a sensible thing for the entire world to do because let's face it we all live in this world we don't want to have too many people here with us using the knowledge i've obtained in the morning my teachers told me that i am a (laughs) radical and very opinionated student Give yourself a pat on the back for knowing you've saved another child from media distractions and government plots to control the population. Yes! In the morning! A big in the morning to you. What's his name? That's a good question. I'll dig up his name from the... uh, How about our executive producer for this program, Joe? Joe? Hey, Joe. (laughs) I don't know where that came from. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe C. Dvorak. Who's our executive producer for this episode? Today's executive producer, Adam. (laughs) Yes, 
is Kevin Liang, L-I-A-N-G, from Richmond, British Columbia. Okay. Came up with $250, and Kevin is our executive producer, and he can use this on his uh, bio. On his resume. Also, no uh, associate executive producers for this week? No, just him. He's the one. Uh, It's a fine start to the new year. Kevin Liang, thank you very much. Uh, Indeed. Put it on your resume. We'll vouch for you. You can even add our email addresses, if you will. And, of course, it'll be in the show notes for episode 162 of No Agenda at noagendashow.com. And just clip this little bit out, in fact. Uh, clip yeah, it out and add it as an MP3 file. Of course, it's probably pronounced Liang. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. that does. You know, people should uh, send a pronunciation guide with their donations. <laughs> so, <laughs> Especially for us. So we, so, we, so we don't get it wrong. Okay, let me go find the uh, the child's, the young 17-year-old youngster's name. Anyway, so what else do we got going on while I search? Well, um, I can uh, take us over to Gitmo Nation uh, East to uh, Ireland for a moment, as 2010 is a brand new year for them. And, of course, brand new laws always happen in, in the new year. Oh, the, it's I, Brian. I'm sorry. Brian Clark is, is Brian the Clark. Well, we've Brian, sa- we've hello, saved Brian. him. Saved him. Saved yet another child from destruction. Yeah, yeah him and knows. Okay, go on. Sorry. Uh, as of uh, January 1st, 2010, the new Irish blasphemy law becomes operational. What? Yes, blasphemy is now a crime punishable by 25,000 euros, which is about a million dollars. The new law defines blasphemy as publishing or uttering matter that is grossly abusive or insulting in relation to matters held sacred by any religion, thereby intentionally causing outrage amongst a substantial number of adherents of that religion with some defenses permitted. So that means the life of Brian is now banned in Ireland. (laughs) I guess so. Uh, This is crazy. This is crazy. That is crazy. What what century are the Irish living in? And who are they appealing to with this law? Oh, yes. Duh. Yeah, I can tell you exactly who they're appealing to. That would be uh, the Muslims. You mean the same kind of Muslims that tried to kill that guy in Denmark just the other day? Yeah, so they say, right? He attempted to get into the cartoonist's house and shoot him? Yeah, and I guess the cartoonist had a safe room. So, um... Now, the problem, of course, is that, you know, with this happening in Ireland, which was, uh, you know, is now a part of the United United States of Europe, I can only presume that this will either be outlawed by uh, the Starfleet Command in Brussels, or it will be uh, made into a a general law across the entire uh, states. Oh, it's going to be made into a general law. You can count on that. I mean, let's face it. That for one thing, Brussels is a, I mean, Belgium is being taken over by Muslims as it is. Yeah. So they're going to, you know, institute this. And then, you know, everything, every time anyone looks cross-eyed, it's going to be a blasphemy. <sighs> so there you go. So back to this uh, sh- uh, crotch bomber. Crotch bomber. <laughs> 
Okay. So I've been looking at everything this last few days since the last show, and I'm going to probably continue to do this because I've, I've run into more and more. Ever since you, you know, since you're kind of pushing the this, the war between Obama and the CIA. Yeah, which I do have a couple of things to talk about, but yeah. Uh, and I've been reading more and more about it because it's like out in the open, and there's CIA, CIA people writing articles and columns and op-eds all did, over. Did it's you like, read that? Uh, our, pres- our, our president's afraid of the CIA. Did you read that article? Uh, probably. That's uh, Ray McGovern wrote this? No, I didn't read that one. Oh, yeah, where, he, where did that appear? Um, on consortiumnews.com. Well, tell uh, us about it. Well, he, so he, he goes into this real long it's – it's a good article. And, of course, he knows a lot because he uh, was, was in the CIA for 27 years, served under nine CIA directors, and in all four of the CIA's main directorates, including operations – and he's the co-founder of Veteran Intelligence Professionals for Sanity, acronym VIPs, or VIPs. And uh, I'll just give you the, the opening. Uh, so he really takes this opening paragraph. In the past, I have alluded to Panetta and the Seven Dwarfs. Now, this, of course, is uh, uh, referring to CIA Director Leon Panetta and uh, seven of his moral dwarf predecessors, the one who sent President uh, Obama a letter on September 18th asking him to reverse Attorney General Holder's August 24th decision to reopen the criminal investigation of CIA interrogations. And so he uses that to take it all the way through to CIA essentially at least being involved in the assassination of JFK. Um, And he says, you know, it's like literally that after, uh, who was it, Truman? Yeah, Truman. Didn't he start the CIA? Wasn't he? Well, the, true. well, they had a military OSS or whatever it was, and then they trans. They slowly. I think it was probably Dulles, uh, Alan Dulles. Well, Dulles, yeah, Dulles. So the Dulles brothers, of course. And if right. you have not read Legacy of Ashes, uh, please do. It's been corroborated by uh, my contacts as being absolutely true. Um, so you know this, and this all goes back to the Bay of Pigs, etc. But he's really saying it's like every single president has just been afraid of the CIA. And now with Obama, the the guy is like, it's laughable. It's laughable how afraid he is. So, well, yeah, so that's, that's a good article. That's why they had the Salafis and all these other characters showing up. You know, the fact that his security is, is breached time and time again. Yeah, including uh, just recently in Hawaii when a CIA plane breached the airspace and he was rushed away into into safety under the guise of something some right and then they're also taking you also see a lot of candid photos of him in the Hawaii trip there's one that's floating around the European press of him licking a uh, Hawaiian An ice, ice cream yeah well it's not an ice cream they actually have the shaved ice shaved there. ice yeah quite interesting anyway then he's chewing on that and uh, i mean the, the camera is essentially when you take a picture of a, if, somebody, if, if you can take a picture you've got a laser sight shoot. scope yeah you've, you've got direct line of fire and uh that's kind of the idea so there's all these pictures of him doing this and that i mean they had pictures of memories he's running on the beach and you know all these other things so anyway so I figure that they're okay. Let's assume that this this war between Obama and the CIA is actually taking place. Let's re look at and so and Obama, of course, isn't helping matters much because he's trying to isolate them and they and he, but he has no control. So uh, so let's so so one of our listeners said that maybe that this uh, this crotch bomber thing was a. Because there's this one, there's two pieces of discrepant information that's floating around. Alex Jones is pushing it the most, but the guy who is saying it, and I guess there's other people that have corroborated the fact that 
there was an Indian man. Yeah, who, uh, who, who was at check-in and, uh, and, and is reported to be his CIA handler got him on the plane because he didn't have a passport. Right. Now, we know from Ghana accounts, we not only know he had a passport, but they have the passport number on, in uh, these articles out of Africa. The Africans are saying, this is bullshit. He had a passport. And, so and, and, and it went through their, uh, their IQQS system, whatever it was we talked about on the last show, which, which checks with the database right there from the boarding pass scan if, uh, um, if there's a, a passport number that, uh, that uh, corresponds with the ticket. And all of that was set. Right, but we maybe there, maybe there's there's a little switcheroo that took place here. Hmm. What, in other words, the the and by the way, at the end of the encounter, apparently this supposed bomb sniffing dogs came in and found a bomb on the plane, and another Indian guy, this guy in his thirties, was arrested and taken out of the. Yeah, we uh, haven't heard anything about him, and we never heard anything more about that deal. He either. I mean, there's a lot of speculation of what that might be all about. But let's take a look at it from the perspective of who got hurt by this incident. The CIA did. Yeah, because the, Obama came out and basically said systemic failure in the intelligence community. And he, he, he thinly veiled the fact that the CIA had failed. So let's assume that this thing was to get the CIA. And these, that guy, that Indian guy was not a CIA guy at all. And let's start looking at it from the perspective that Obama has decided to do. If you if you want to look at something, go look at uh, uh, Indian American uh, in the Obama administration. Just Google how many how many Indians besides our friend Vivek Kundra and Chopra, who neither one of them have the either the skills or the or the creds to be in those jobs. But start looking around, and you'll find a nor in. in Ordinate number of Indians in the Obama administration and Hillary Clinton went before she became secretary of state and before she even ran for president was extremely tight with the Indians. Look up Hillary Clinton and uh, uh, Tata and some of these other uh, groups that were outsourcing. She was she's actually has a piece of one of them uh, that was an outsourcing uh, operation. And she's partly responsible for all of our jobs going to India. There's this Indian connection. The Indians have a number of intelligence agencies and one of them is the most important one is called raw research right. and analysis and they're the they're the covert outside the country version of the their version of the CIA and there's all kinds of very strange stories about raw and is it possible that Hillary set up and somebody set this up and maybe Obama had nothing to do with it starting to use the Indian CIA to do our bidding instead of the, in other words we're outsourcing our own intelligence to India Wow, uh, you know that that would make a lot of sense. Certainly, if you see what's happening in Pakistan, which without a doubt is uh, you know arch enemy of India, and right, we're being slowly taken. And by the way, traditionally, India has never been our friend. I mean, they speak English and they do this, but they've always been allied with Russia. And we should never forget that. And the Pakistanis, we always allied with them, not because of anything other than the fact that it was a, was an interesting place to be. There's a lot of talk now on the on the Indian press. You start reading that, and the Pakistani press in particular, which is always slamming them about how the Indians are like you know just as soon they they might even want to go to war with China. So anyway, the China are kind of, Chinese are left out in the, uh, on the ledge here, and the CIA seems to be cut, cut short. And the other thing that came up in my research is that apparently the Indian RAW, the, the, their CIA, is, is really seriously moving into Afghanistan to oh, yeah. do our bidding. And 
so now we have this, uh, you know, the, the death of these CIA guys, whether it has anything to do with a, with a make good on them killing some kids, which I doubt. Uh, it could be the Indian CIA killing our guys and taking over the job that our CIA apparently, you know, I mean, I can see, you know, the Indians are good at selling stuff. You know, we can do this job as well as anybody, uh, you know, and you can trust us and we'll, we'll, you know, marginalize the CIA, help you marginalize the CIA. Here's a good idea. And anyway, so they use this. So the the guy at the counter is an Indian, and if he's with Raw, he could go back, you know, and go have a meeting and flash some credentials and say, we got to get this guy on the plane. And the reason you want to get him on the plane without his passport, even though he has one, and maybe the the number on the the ticket is different, is so it goes through the system and it doesn't, and a red flag doesn't appear. And so then he goes all the way over to Detroit, and they say, well, the system failed. And, yeah, it failed because the guy never sh- actually showed his passport. It, it's possible that if he did show his passport, the system wouldn't have failed and he would have been stopped from the flight. But meanwhile, the CIA gets blamed for all this, even though there's a lot of screwiness going on. I think they're being set up. But why you – know, my understanding and what I've always uh, supposed is that the Clintons are actually in bed with the CIA. So why would she want to undermine them or put them on the sideline or – has she just basically said, you know, have the, has the, the Clinton, uh, I don't know, it just feels weird to me. Well, once she didn't get the job as president, she may have turned on them. And she may not have been really the one that was involved. It may have been just Bill. Yeah, Bill in the bushes. Hmm. And this is her way of getting back at that, too, possibly. I mean, there's something screwy going on. And the fact that there's two Indians involved in this story out of the blue, one at the ticket counter and one afterwards who apparently had a bomb or something. And by the way, you know, if you were going to set some crazy scheme up, it would be nice to have a second device in the plane that really wasn't a bomb at all, but just a bunch of pieces that would lead you to believe, you know, in other words, you know, evidence you know, like throwing a matchbook down by a crime scene that's from Texas. I'll tell you one thing, though. Just looking at President Obama and his appearance when, of course, he uh, he spoke before the public uh, twice from Hawaii, man, he looked ragged. He looked like he'd been up all night and, like, there was all kinds of crap going on. Not just a guy who was whose vacation was interrupted uh, for, you know, for something you know potentially bad that happened. He looked really, really, really tired. And like, you know, downtrodden almost. Did you notice that? Yeah, and he's, his hair is turning gray again. Oh, that's this, may, this may be number two, Obama. We don't know for sure if it's the <laughs> right guy. Oh. Well, it, it's, that's, very, that's very interesting. And Raw is indeed a, a, a very interesting organization. You don't read a lot about them, at least not in, uh, in, uh, in Western press. But I, I like it. I like what you're saying there. Yeah, and it would make sense because of our outsourcing thing, and and Hillary was the big outsourcing nut. Yeah, and- she had the uh, here it is. I found the the article. Uh, L.A. Times cited Clinton's free trade advocacy is hitting labor where it lives. She has a very cozy uh, relationship with Indian outsourcing firm displacing American workers. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, that's one of them. It, this is a lot. This has been going on for a number of years, and nobody seems to care. I mean, the, the Democrats are supposed to be pro labor. Yeah, they're pro labor in India. It's not helping anybody here. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. But there's, uh, you know, what's going to happen if this is actually taking place? Somebody's going to get killed. <laughs> Sorry to laugh, but yeah, someone important is going to get offed. Yeah, no kidding. 
<laughs> so it's hmm. going to be interesting to see who it is because it's got to be a symbolic person that's deeply into this. Oh uh, wow! This is you mean on the on the U.S. CIA side? Yeah, and the U. No, there's going to be somebody in the U.S. One of the government officials. Something weird is going to happen to one of them. Oh. It's probably going to be the small plane crash, or you know something like that. Uh, but it's going to happen. It's going to have to probably happen within the next few months. And it and it'll it'll be a telling because it'll be a message, and you'll be able to deconstruct what the what the hell's going on by who it is that got killed. Ooh, wow! Yeah, I like that. I mean, I don't like it, but I, I like the I like the theory. You want to take some? Uh, want to put some names into the pool? Well, the logical ones would be Hillary, but she's traveling uh, a lot. By I the think way, she, well, yeah, but she's you know, she's she's a, she's a really easy target because she's all over the damn place, you know. And anything can happen overseas. Oh yeah, you know, you could be in one of those Airbuses. You never know what could happen in them, but damn French machines. Uh, it'd be in a smaller plane, probably a private jet. You know, some going from Shanghai to someplace else. The next thing you know, they blew up. Okay. Uh, that she's like at the top of the list. Um, I don't think Obama is actually no, on. No, I don't. Think That's so. too risky. No, they, they they learned their lesson Obama with that. Be, it would be a disaster. Yeah. So they can't do anything about him. But one of the something could happen to the you know his wife or uh, or there could be because she's traveling like a maniac. She's almost as bad as Hillary. She's out and about constantly, and but she's using Air Force One, wasting the taxpayers' money. So that's probably pretty secure. How about, how about Rom? <laughs> You know, Rom's expendable. He's not doing anybody any good. But if, but if you want to send a message, that would be a good one, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. That wow. would be interesting. Well, anybody in the staff. Uh, or, you know, what kind probably- of crackpots did you have for New Year's Eve festivities? <laughs> and uh, anyway, we'll see. I just don't know. I mean, it could be any, it could be the, who knows? I mean, we'll find out. And I, I will say, within the next two or three months, one somebody important is going to meet a uh, an accidental death. Many Indian Americans on Obama transition team. I have from November twenty first, two thousand eight. Uh, hmm. Nick Rathod, Office of Intergovernmental Affairs, RT Rai. Uh, agency review team on science, technology, space, arts, and humanities. Uh, Anjan Mukherjee, a managing director at the private equity firm Blackstone. Uh, he, see, economics, international trade, Parag Mehta. Dude, there is a lot. I mean, you know, that that's a that is pretty interesting. I hadn't even noticed that really. How, oh, dude? There's like twenty here. Yeah, I know. It's an inordinate amount. Compared to Chinese Americans, Japanese Americans, Italians, Irish, there's no comparison. I mean, or blacks. It's just like they're really lots of Indians, and so they're getting real tight with India. We're now going to make India our friend. In fact, the first uh, state dinner that that we had, you know, there's a, when they have this Was big of course for cor- India. Cor- for a dignitary, it's the head of it was the premier of India, and this was like a few weeks after they had the head of Israel over, and they didn't even want to meet with him. So there's a lot of messaging going on here, and and cozying up to India is uh, obviously high on the list of things that they want to do, and it's just going to irk the Chinese, the CIA, obviously, if there's any hanky panky going on, like that, I suspect, and you know, it's going to be an interesting few months. So, wow. That, wow. Well, yes, indeed. Indeed. 
Uh, this is this is fascinating. I'm I'm just reading about all of these Indians in the uh, in the Obama administration. That's <laughs> pretty amazing. And we and, you know when you have guys like Vivek Kundra running the the cybers, running the, right. the and interwebs. Also, also, an Indian is now the head of DARPA. Wow. So anyway, but like I said, I don't know. Maybe this is a, maybe just my imagination. But uh, it seems that uh, something screwy is going on. And the thing is mainly because of this crazy crotch bomber. Well, I, I have certainly over the past year learned to look at uh, things that are happening. You know, the, the minute you see something, you got to look not over there. Don't but, look uh, over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. You really got to start looking and seeing what's being covered up. And, and, you know, and it, we even talked about the Indian state dinner that there was actually no news at all about the fact that it was the Indian prime minister who was over for the state dinner. All of the news, of course, at the time was about the party crashers, which was probably another message right there. Yeah, I think the part I still think I've always thought the party crashers were a message in who uh... like, you know, basically, oh, you're going to have uh, the. The head of Raw, because I guess the prime minister, in a way, is, of course, the head of, you know, he's, he stands above all that. Are you going to have the head of Raw over? Okay, let me just show you how close we can get to you. Let me just let me just show you that for a second. Does that make sense? It fits your theory, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. No, it does. I think it's just a lot. I don't, you know, it's like just to show you that, you know, it's like that, you know, it's like the thing they, uh, and it's like the, something that like the mafia does, you know, they let you know that, you know, you're, they give you a little you're message. not safe, yeah, if, yeah, you yeah. know. Like sending you a letter with a couple of bullets. That's a favorite. Yeah. So you're, you're just not safe. So they're just letting them know he's not safe, if, you know, even though he thinks he is. And the Secret Service is probably working overtime. But um, I don't know. I'd be a nervous wreck. That's why he probably looks haggard. I mean, he's probably like... Sh- you know, who needs this? There's another article uh, I'll put in the show notes at noagendashow.com uh, from redstate.com. And not that I frequent that often, but I did stumble across this. Could this actually be the greatest and potentially the deadliest of Obama's screw-ups so far, writes Eric Erickson. And uh, uh, and it's all about the, uh, the Yemen bo- uh, uh, crotch bomber. And how uh, Obama basically blamed the CIA, and uh, it's, it's not a long article, but the assertions there are you know pretty much the same. And we're not the only people seeing this. At least we're not the only people in you know in alternative media who have you know their brains screwed on, who haven't been programmed by Avatar. Yeah, well, it's being you know it's being reinterpreted. It's being interpreted in all kinds of different ways. But I don't think anyone. Besides us, has, has really, has really, really nailed it. Yeah, well, we've talked about this. We've been talking about the CIA war for a while, and you know, I think we do have a little bit of inside information more well, than most. You know, I have to say this: though. if you start looking for the CIA war with Obama, people could go out there and Google this. There are lots of articles about the fact that there's a uh, there's a uh, hissy fit going on between the these two groups, and uh, well, I, I, re- I don't know why. You know, I just don't get. I mean, unless, because our other supposition is that the CIA is running all the drugs in the world, and unless Obama wanted to put a stop to that, even though, you know, it's probably how they fund many of their operations. Well, it's, it's how the bailout was funded, the, the bank bailout. The United Nations uh, basically came out with a report and said that $350 billion worth of drug money uh, uh, was seeped into the system to keep everyone afloat. I mean, it's, it's, this is not a secret. This is like the United Nations is even saying it. They're reporting it. 
Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure what the. Uh, well, let's face it. The CIA has a great racket going on. You know, well, they, yeah. Well, the, who's who's the guys who that worked with the CIA the best? Obviously, G. W. Bush. Yeah. Um. I mean, the original guy, because he was ahead of it for a while. Yeah, he ran it for quite a while. And uh, so he's comfortable. And I would assume his son would probably, even though he's didn't, still seems like a big dummy. Uh, I don't. I, but, I, I don't. I don't. I give him a little more credit. But he, you know, I, yeah, I guess he was comfortable, and Clinton seemed to be fine with the way things were going. Well, Clinton was working for the Bushes. Yeah. Well known. So if we go before that, Kennedy was, you know, really. No, he was against it. He was against the CIA, and you know, there you go. You know what happened to him. He had the, uh, but he was also tight with the mob, which didn't do him any good. And um, I don't know. It's just an interesting perspective to take, you know, that we have. It's just essentially, it's almost like a secret police, but they're they're more of a, I don't think they spend that much time diddling around. In the, <laughs> with actual law enforcement. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're doing much. <laughs> I don't know what they do, to be honest. I mean, they go out and dig up information, and, you know, the NSA probably does more information gathering than, than the CIA does, and they plant people here and there. I don't know. Uh, well, we'll stay on that. Definitely, I, I, I do like the uh, the Indian angle, and uh, I'm going to keep my eye out for that. Hey, what, what's happening in Canada, John? Where's that? <laughs> You know, What's happening you, in Canada is we have an executive producer from Richmond, B.C. Oh, of course, uh, besides the fact that uh, most of our oil comes from there. Oh, yeah. Um, well, they have the second largest reserve right after Saudi Arabia and are, Alberta. Are, are they uh, suspending the the government again? I didn't notice this. It's yeah. definitely not going to be in American news. We pay zero attention to what goes on in Canada. Yeah, no, I, you I, know, I bet you if you ask 100 Americans who the prime minister of Canada was, they couldn't name Harper. Right. So Canadian uh, Prime Minister's office officials said Parliament will be suspended until March 3rd. With Isn't a that budget- just a vacation for them? <laughs> a big one. With with a budget being introduced the next day. This is, you know, this this is weird. And I wish I knew more about it. Now, actually, I'm I'm looking around Google News. <laughs> no, you have to read the Globe and Mail. Is that it? Yeah. Hmm. And the National. The, but the Globe and Mail is the... Uh, you know what irks me? I don't understand why we don't get the the TV show, The National, from the CBC. I mean, they play all this weird crap on Link, and they play all this weird crap on free speech TV, you know, like Democracy Now!, which is like, you know, pounding their left-wing drum like there's no tomorrow. And then all these other stations and cable and, and PBS, we get the BBC News, but what do we want the BBC News for? We want, What about Canada? They're right next to us, and they do all kinds of stuff up there. We don't get the CBC's national. The national is one of the best newscasts in the, the northern hemisphere. It's really good, except the, you know there's an hour long news show instead of a half hour. It's like the news hour. It's it has a, it usually has boring features, <laughs> but their actual news coverage is quite good. Hey, now this is interesting. Maybe we can run it on the stream. This is very interesting, uh, John. Um. One of the companies that provides uh, millimeter wave scanning technologies, uh, RapidScan Systems, mm-hmm. is an OSI systems company 
And uh, who do you think is uh, on the uh, board? Of OSI? Yeah. Who? Uh, actually, the founder of the company, uh, Mr. Deepak Chopra. Deepak Chopra? Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's not the uh, not the New Age dude, isn't that? Uh... No, it's it's a it's a niche. Uh, uh, yeah, it's in a niche Chopra, I think is his name. Oh, well, we got the wrong guy. Who is the, who is who is this guy then? I don't know. Look him up. Google him. Hmm. Well, it's a Chopra. He's probably he probably has a son named Anish. The guy looks old. I think old. Chopra's like Smith. Well, let's see. There's probably, you know, 100 million Chopras. So um, there's something fishy about this, you know, this millimeter wave thing, that's for sure. Now they're going to make them. And there's some, also something fishy about why we weren't using them. You know, they have them in, in Shypole and uh, don't use them on Americans. It's weird. Or American travelers or travelers to the U.S. Anish, is that the guy's name? I think so, yes, Anish Chopra. He's the C, uh, whatever he is, chief technology officer or something like that, or head of something else, something or other. I'm telling you, these, he's it's like his son or something. I'm telling you. Here you go. I didn't see it on his bio. Here it is. Here. What are the names of Deepak Chopra's children? Is Deepak Chopra's kid? Yeah, well, this is an old, this is, this is an older guy. This is if you if you look at OSI systems, looks like Anish is his kid. Huh. All right. Warrant some investigation. You know. You know what? It's going to be a very busy year, John. Now that you've put me on this whole Indian cabal crap, <laughs> it's going to be spending all my waking hours trying to figure. And this this is tough because these names get complicated for you know a simple Western boy like me. You know, and, and you're right. It's like Chopra is an is a name like Jones. Yeah, Gupta's the other one. That's the Smith, Gupta. I guess. Yeah. So uh, one of the things people should do is you look up RAW, R-A-W, India, you know, agents, their intelligence agency. They actually have a bunch of them just like we do. They don't get a lot of – there's two things I noticed, and, you, and there are some articles that refer to this. There's very – they get very little – press negative or otherwise and most of the press they do get is quite negative by the way they they do uh, a lot of bombings uh and the other thing that's that's given short shrift is the is the indian mob the mafia in india is a uh formidable and it gets very little uh write-ups but you can start looking it up and you start finding the main players they they own pretty much bollywood mm -hmm. and they also own the gold trading business which was you know, they were making most of their money uh, bringing in gold to sell to Indians who were somewhat superstitious about gold uh, at extremely high markups. And they uh, now, they, of course, they, now it's legal. That's before it was legal to trade it. And that's one of the things they did. But look up the Indian. Uh, people should just you know read about the Indian mob. And uh, so if they own uh, if they own Bollywood, which, of course, um, uh, pretty much owns Hollywood now, which is the entire reason why uh, Slumdog Millionaire became movie of the year. It was a good movie, but hey, there were a couple other contenders. But you know, that was a we talked about this. Like, come on in, boys. This is it. And, you know, the the movie business, the the money is pretty much run by the mob. Wow. So how do you uh, put mo the Mumbai terrorist attack into all of this? Where did that uh where did that come from? 
Uh, there is a bunch of references to it. There is, it's like a couple of different agencies in Pakistan. I, something to do with the, you know, the other agency you have to keep an eye on is the ISI, which is That's the a Pakistani, Pakistani yeah, CIA. CIA. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know where the Mumbai bombing comes in with this. It's just, it's a mess. I'm telling Why you, can't it just be easy where we had spy versus spy, white hat, black hat? It's just simple. Now we got to like Google all this stuff. Now it's getting complicated. So according to um, uh, Steck, he says that, yeah, that the CIA hated Kennedy because w- the way he screwed them over on the Bay of Pigs fiasco. Yeah, that's why I said that's that's in that article uh, yeah. about why presidents are afraid of the CIA. Yeah, they actually they dragged him into uh, Dulles, dragged him in, dragged uh, Kennedy into the whole plan. There was there was no way for him to get out and to get out of it. And uh, there were actually uh, Truman actually wrote. And it's in the Truman uh, Library. He wrote an op-ed, which I don't think actually ran, uh, but his handwritten notes are in there. And it's it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear what was going on there. Drew him into it. It's also suggested that Canada's closing their parliament until after the Olympics so they not to draw attention away from these great games. Well, just before their Christmas break, uh, opposition ministers of parliament passed a resolution demanding the government hand over all of its documentation on the Afghan controversy, or controversy, including uncensored versions of emails concerning the detainee issue that Colville sent to Ottawa during his term in Kabul. So there's something going on there, too. I don't know why we just don't get out of these situations. Because war is a racket, John. It's a racket. Yeah, you're right. It's a and racket. You know that the Queen of England controls Canada. This is no. This isn't well known. We've been through this. And okay, send your email to adamatmevio.com. But you are in the Commonwealth. The Queen controls you. The Queen of England. Where the All right. So what else we got on the agenda for depressing news? Uh. <laughs> well, actually, it's a piece of good news. Uh, from Andrew McLaren from uh, Australia, I was listening to the national broadcaster ABC Radio last week, and had a, they had a special on podcasting. The only podcast they had time to mention was No Agenda, and that Adam Curry was the father of podcasting. This was on live radio across the country from Brisbane, Brisbane Australia, on Friday afternoon around 3.15 p.m., a potential audience in the millions. Uh, so we, of course, do hope that this has brought us millions more Australians listening to the program. Uh, and uh, while I'm on that, why don't I uh, bring you a uh, a bit of Australian news about a dude named Peter Spencer. Have you heard about Peter Spencer, John? No, of course not. So Peter, so uh, and Peter Spencer is a victim, actually, of the Kyoto Protocol, and. Um, I could tell you exactly what's happening, but maybe if I just uh, play this little clip, which lasts about a minute and a half, it kind of explains it. It's from, uh, it is from uh, ABC News, from the Australian Broadcasting Company. Uh, but the, the short version is he's not allowed to do anything with his 20,000 acres of land because, of course, you know, you can't even clean up dead trees anymore, apparently, under some of these, uh, these laws of the land, thanks to the Kyoto Protocol. The guy's been on hunger strike, this uh, 61-year-old, I believe, Peter Spencer. He's sitting on a 10-foot pole. He has not had anything to eat for three weeks. And uh, he's uh, he's serious as a heart attack about uh, bringing attention to this. Want to listen to this clip so we can get some info oh, on yeah, this? Oh, yeah, do it. Okay, here we go. 
Akuma farmer has put his life on the line to protest against what he calls the theft of land in the name of the environment. Peter Spencer is on the eve of his 25th day without food. He says he won't eat until farmers are compensated. Suspended on a narrow platform 10 metres above the ground, Peter Spencer is a man on a mission. The 61-year-old had his last meal of scones and jam three and a half weeks ago. He's surviving on water, lemon juice and vitamins. For 15 years, Mr Spencer has been unable to graze 90% of his former fine wool property in the Kuma Monero district because of changes to state laws. Now the bank is threatening to foreclose. Property is sanctified in a civilised society. If we can't all see that, then I'll sit here until I rot. Under the Howard government, Australia claimed a 22% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions entirely through state-based native vegetation laws, which prevented clearing on properties like Peter Spencer's. No compensation was ever paid. Under the Rudd government, farmers say their grasslands and their soils will be the next big carbon sinks. Peter's lost the use of 90% of his property, uh, the Commonwealth government. OK, you get the idea. Yeah, it's pathetic. And Howard is a jerk, that guy. Yeah, and uh, I love the spirit of this guy, though. He's sitting up there on his... He kind of looks like um, like the weird guy who had the, the auto-gyro helicopter-like plane in Mad Max. <laughs> and he, he has a hat on, you know, one of those like floppy ear hats. And the guy, and, you know, he's right. You know, it's like it, when a civilization doesn't recognize ownership, property of your land to be able to do what on it what you wish, then you're not a civilized uh, society anymore. Hmm. Remind you of anything? Um, so I, I do, I do just desperately love uh, the Australians for how they how they get into this. And there's a. Uh, one of our producers uh, who uh, put together a whole page of uh, uh, videos, news reports, and news stories on this uh, on this Peter Spencer, uh, who's really he's really getting some attention. This is what Get Up should uh, be covering instead of you know only about uh, man-made global warming and cap and trade. These guys should be all over this because this is this is the result of a 15-year-old um, climate change regulation. This is exactly what happens. Yeah, you won't be able to plant a tree in your own backyard. I mean, there's already already talk about not people banning home gardens. Yeah. Oh well, that's where the Codex Alimentarius is totally going to help because you know you won't you won't be able to grow anything organic unless you have a certificate from uh, the Ministry of uh, Orga- Org- Organics. Yeah. Well, the guys who really get screwed are the small farmers who are they can't afford to go through the paperwork. I mean, because, you know, these things, it's never free to do any of this stuff. It's time-consuming, and it costs money, and there's fees attached to everything. And so you screw yourself. It's ridiculous. You have to go underground, gray market. Turn into Russia. All right. So let's talk about uh, how we plan on uh, expanding this program in the uh, in the new decade, John, or decade, as they say in uh, the United Kingdom. Uh, because the only way we're going to do it is by... Uh, what people affectionately call begging for money. Yes, and let's let me uh, thank some people that did give us some money after our last round of begging. And by the way, we've decided to restructure the show. I'm telling people now who are going to turn off the show because they don't want to hear this. Is that we've restructured the show so the craziest stuff you've ever heard comes, comes up right after, after the donations? Pitch. Yes, I'm standing by. <laughs> is, wait a minute, is that my cue? Is it my turn yet, John? Am I am I ready to go? 
So we got some money from uh, a number of people who gave us uh, between 50 and 100. Uh, Ken Dusling of Stittsville, Ontario is up there in the cold country. Like without, a, without a government. <laughs> without a government. He actually gave us 6543, which is kind of cute. Oh, Light nice. Chow in Daly City gave us 5555. Five. And, uh, and he, I guess he's been a listener for a while, Light Chow and Daly City. Uh, Brian Rogers uh, gave us a palindrome 50.05. Uh, and then we have, um, well, let's see here. Let me save this one to the end. Uh, we have Kevin Liang. Liang from richmond bc yes uh, our uh, executive and by producer. the way there's a great you know kevin get yourself some burrowing owl cabernet and give a uh, toast us huh. um john smith from st petersburg florida gave us 133 dollars and he made the point that his his name is easy to pronounce <laughs> And he says, he says, by the way, from 2002 to 2006, you have to imagine that your name John's. How many John Smiths are there? I was on the fucking no-fly list, and this crotch bomber wasn't. Anyway. Oh yeah, no, I John, mean, I, I, I couldn't John's. come into the country for 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 two years without uh, going through secondary and tertiary screening. It's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, Tor Lovskogen, L-O-V-S-K-O-G-A-N from Bergen, Norway. Uh, Gave us some money that seems to have been lost in the shuffle. Tim Humer, H-U-E-M-M-E-R, from Pelzer, South Carolina, says that his name was not mentioned, so he said, here's another $50. So maybe we shouldn't mention anybody. <laughs> um, $100 here from... Well, let's see. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Um, it's from Orange County. And he says, if you or Adam can pronounce my last name correctly, I'll double my donation. Uh, correct pronunciation. Ready? Okay, I'm it's set. Spelled, but now, see, here's the here's the joke. He didn't say that we had to identify the correct pronunciation. We just, we just had to had pronounce to, it. Right. So yeah. we we'll just so go. So we win it. no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Every iteration. It's Corey. Corey. Uh, I think it's Watillo. W a t i l o. But it could be Watilo what, or Watilo. It could be Watilo, it could be Watilo or Watillo, or if it had another L, it would be Watillo, which I don't think it is. Well, you know, there's only one way to find out, John. There's only one way to find out the correct pronunciation, and that's to ask Apple. Here we go. Kari Watillo. Watillo. Well, they got it to Watillo. Go. That's Watillo. interesting. Watillo. <clears throat> so I think it's Watillo. Yeah, Corey Watillo. Because he's in California, some Orange County. He uh, California's always pronounce things logically in uh, with a twist toward you know spanish pronunciation so wadalo would be something you might say on the east coast but watillo would be what you'd say on the west coast if you were pronouncing it cold as a cold pronunciation i still say we win and we double down <laughs> yeah we do win because we did pronounce it unless it's something crazy like vatilo <laughs> vatilo <laughs> like wasilla uh, then we got uh, Daniel Jackson gave us seventy five thirty five. If he if we'd plug floppyamacout dot com, floppyamacout. I like that. What's it? Floppyamacout. F L O P Y A M A C O U T dot com. It's an Apple centric <laughs> podcast with an Apple skit. <laughs> I like that. Floppyamacout. <laughs> floppyamacout, boys. Uh, this is funny. Uh, you and should see the that. icon. You should see the artwork. <laughs> And that's that's actually Larry Larmo thirty three who's in the chat room and he's uh, uh, 
down, he's in Melbourne. Or is that Daniel Jackson? On, he's in Melbourne. Okay. Looks that, like, looks like a good show. I'm, I'm going to su- subscribe to this. That's this is Daniel cool. Jackson's uh, Melbourne show. He's in Australia. And then we, Larry uh, Larmo33 gave us 6175. And he says he wants us to get sponsors and we should stop begging for money. Yeah, but the, the, let us just say it one more time. This is where you're wrong. Um, that would be exactly the wrong thing to do. And what's funny is I hear people talking about uh, sponsorship on the show, and I literally hear them say, you know, sponsors are great because that gives you, you know, it doesn't bother us because then we know, oh, it's the sponsorship message. So we're going to go do something else or surf the web or uh, take a leak or whatever. Don't you understand that, that it works perpendicular? If if we can't bring sponsors of of products you will actually buy, you know, the sponsors aren't going to be there anymore. And besides that, we wouldn't be able to do 90% of the stuff we talk about. Yeah, because our first sponsor would be Monsanto. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, if Monsanto really wants to pony up, I'm all for it. You know, there's nothing like having company of the year just just buy you out. <laughs> well, yeah, they're going to spend well, drop but, five no, Here's an example. Uh, just uh, 40 minutes ago, you said, I hate Enterprise. Now, you know, Mevio, one of its big sponsors is Enterprise. Okay. They're not sponsoring any of the shows I'm doing. Well, no, of course not. But they're certainly not sponsoring this one because I don't think that would have been appropriate to do. Right. And, and, and even if and so we wouldn't get in trouble for it. anecdote about the Enterprise and why I dislike them. Right. And even, and even, if, we, uh, even if we got away with it, you know, it's, I can't then turn around and say, oh, by the way, get a great deal from uh, Enterprise. Or at least I could because I like them, but you don't. And so you know, don't you see how this works? And there's one other thing. You want to talk about that email thread that was going on? Yeah. Go talk. ahead. Yeah, well, no, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, you do. It's like we, we, uh, from uh, Stephen Pelsmacher's. Oh, Pelsmarkers, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah Pelsmarkers. Yeah, Pelsmarkers. You so know. He, he's been donating a lot of money, which we're highly appreciative of. Yeah, and he's from Vanderhoven. And so, no, he's, isn't he from. Uh, Van right, he's, he's from Zandam. Zandam, yeah. Zandam. And so, uh, you know, I make a crack and uh, saying, oh, he must have a man crush on us. And he's like, oh, you're, you're insulting your listeners. I'm like, oh, dude, you know, this is like humor, nanu nanu, uh uh. You know, get over it. But then, you know, you respond with a really long email, which was almost uncharacteristic for you. So I, I feel that he, uh, he, probably, uh, he probably hit you with something there, John. Well, he, yeah, I, it is uncharacteristic. I, I tend to either write uh, short essays to people or it's usually okay, you know, something very terse. I'm, I'm more known for that. No, what he did was he brought up the issue that com- crops up every so often. It's usually from people that just want to complain. And they say, you know, you guys are better off than most of your audience and then you're begging for money. You know, as though we're supposed to be working for free, you know, as some sort of a public service. Yeah, the two are not related. Even PBS doesn't do that. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I suppose you could go to uh, public access TV and do a show for nothing because you're on an ego trip and you just want to be on the air because I have a great voice. Uh, but that's not the way we operate. We're commercial people. We don't, you know, do things just we just don't do things for the ego stroke and, and if we can't prove that we are worth some uh 
donations. Uh, we, uh, to be honest about it, I'll tell you right now, if we weren't getting as and we were just getting enough donations to pay for producing the show and, 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 and keeping the lights on. And, and, and having a dinner or two, which we haven't done in ages. Well, we either. haven't done that. People bitch about that too. They, uh, but anyway, the point is, is that if we weren't getting anything, we wouldn't be doing the show at no, all. Not at all. No, we would, we would have stopped. Yeah, because it's one of those things that, you know, you throw the stuff at, you know, we just happen to be getting enough traction that's kind of interesting, and we haven't really put the screws to anybody to get more money. We just ask for donations that, you know, at noagendashow.com uh, and dvorak.org slash NA, and now the new uh, channel dvorak.com slash NA for all of our Eastern Bloc listeners. Yeah. So, uh, so that's the point. So I found it, uh, you know, but I've heard this before. Well, you guys are already got, you get paid, you get money, you know, you work for some, I mean, there's just this, this, this kind of weird, uh, undercurrent uh, of resistance. You know what, John? Why, why don't, you know, no, John, why don't we just stop doing the show? Why don't we just stop for a week or two and then see how people like it? Let's just stop. Let's just, let's just shut the show down. <laughs> All right. Don't, don't pay us anything. We'll stop. It's done. Well, well just shut the show down and see how how much fun is your Sunday morning going to be? How much fun is that Thursday morning when you're sitting at your computer pretending to work going to be if we're not on the air? How much fun is your commute going to be if we're not doing the show? Yeah, and you have to listen to people telling you to go see Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're actually going to go and then you're going to be programmed to tell your friends. The other we you know that's what we need. We need some subliminal tell your friends to listen to this show. Because actually, I still believe the way to get twice as much is money to get more listeners, yeah. is to get twice as many listeners. And well, I think a lot of people are amenable to our, I don't think this show today, except for the CIA versus Obama material. Well, wait, wait, I, I haven't hit you yet, but okay. Okay. So, <laughs> but anyway, the point is, is that I, I find that argument, uh, the, well, you guys, you know, you already have a dollar in your pocket. And is to be lame. And I don't want to, to be honest, I don't want to hear it. You know, and I, you know, yeah, we, we don't really insult anybody. I, in fact, I like to send out the thanks for some reason or other. Uh, I've been studying it. We get a lot of these $5 subscriptions in a very random fashion. We'll get like none for two days and then there'll be a whole slew of them at once. I don't know if it's a function of, of PayPal or what it is, but I find it weird. The 27th, we had like 10. So and, here's, here's what's going on in the chat room. Okay, Walrus says, I can live without this show. Okay, Walrus, turn it off now. You're banned from listening. Am, Amber, <laughs> let's see. Uh, but you can live without anything. I mean, you can live without <laughs> pears. You can live without apples. Do you want a world without apples and pears? I mean, you can live without cherries. I mean, so what? Shutting it down with that kind of attitude would probably drive me away. Now, I love it when people send me emails say, I've unsubscribed. Oh, I'm so hurt. Oh, they should unsubscribe if they don't believe in, you know... That believe, if, you, if you don't believe in capitalism and commercialism and paying someone for work that they do. Oh, you know what that sounds like, John? Communism. By Ayn Rand. See, now this is the problem. Now, I blame Pelsmachers for that right now, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> for the Atlas Shrug thing. All right, let's move on. Earth anyway, is so the point is, just, just help us out and, and quit, you know, I, I just, you know, we're, we're, it falls on deaf ears to be, make some of these complaints. But they, they, to us, it's just slightly annoying because it comes and goes and it's like, okay, you know, if you don't like the it's show, un it's unbelievable. don't I listen want, to it. It's it, not a, we're not forcing people, anybody to listen to the show. We're not forcing anybody to give us money. It's like, I want more transparency. Where's the money going? Well, it's going to hookers and blow, dude. What do you care? You know, when, when you buy a Mac, 
Where's that money going besides to China? Yeah, well, me- by the way, the, where's the money going? I'll tell you where the money's going. It pays bills. Yeah, it does. It, pay, it pays my rent. <laughs> it pays bills. Hmm. It really does. It pays bills. That's right. And hookers and blow. Um, Actually, I use some of the money to uh, buy a couple of uh, website domains. Yeah, uh, I... We, yeah. We, we are going to uh, the, one of the stories that broke this last week was the TSA busting in on some blogger and uh, yeah, two bloggers, two bloggers, yeah, two bloggers fact. were busted by the TSA for sending out that you know message that has been public is basically a public domain memo because the TSA sent out to ten thousand people. And we're putting together a site to begin a public movement, and this is being paid for by no the no agenda money. Uh, to begin a public movement to give bloggers the same shield laws that regular journalists have. There's no reason for this sort of thing to be intimidated by the TSA. And by the way, if, this, if it was true that the TSA threatened to put the guy on a no-fly list for not cooperating, yeah, is that illegal. what this is really amounting to? That the yeah. TSA is a bunch of thugs? thugs yeah. And they're going to start strong-arming people with threats of being put on a list? Is that what, really, is that what the government approves of? Is that, what the, is that the policy of this agency? We want to know. When I uh, walk down the street in San Francisco, I always have uh, a, you know, a wad, a whole wad of dollar bills and $5 bills. You got to. At least I do. And I have a policy with giving money to people who are begging for money on the street. It's a very yeah, he does. I've seen him do it. He generally gives everyone a $5. Not everyone. No, it's, it's I have a policy which I generally adhere to. Um, first of all, women, I got to tell you, I have a soft spot. And when uh, I've been brought up, when a lady asks you for help, you help her no matter what. That's just the way I was brought up. So if, uh, if there's a, 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 a female, uh, on the street begging for money, I, except for the one with the, the dresses or cats up with like in like Santa Claus suits, I can't give that one money. Um, but if someone is performing, <laughs> I can't, that's just crazy. God, crazy cat lady, cat lady. I'm not going to give you any money. But um, if someone Don't performs, just go to cat food. yeah. If someone performs, I will always give them money because you're performing, and then it's up to me to decide whether you know it was worth something, and I'll determine how much. There was there's a right on um, uh, by Union Square. What's that beautiful little street that has the Italian restaurant? Um, it has an English name. That street, Belden. No. no. Uh, well, it'll hit me in a second. So there was this this uh, Susan Boyle-looking woman, and she's standing right in the middle of the street, and she's got her little uh, boombox with uh, with CDs, and she's singing Ave Maria. She has the most beautiful voice I've heard uh, yeah, live. She's, always, she's there a lot. Yeah, well, she's there all the time, and she's got this old dude who's sitting in a chair next to the money box counting it, but it's okay, you know, because she's performing. She's she's An actual service is being performed, and I can determine whether I just want to listen to it for free or if I maybe want her to come back, and the way I know she'll be back eventually is if I'm going to drop some money. In New York, I love this approach. You always, you can always get me with this one. Guy comes up to me. He looked a little bit like Sammy Davis Jr., I have to say. It was down in the village, Mickey and I. It's about 1130 at night. And he says, sir, excuse me, I, I'm going to tell you a joke. If you laugh at this joke, I, I, would, I would appreciate uh, a contribution. And I, I can't remember what the joke was. Uh, actually, it was a lewd joke. It was funny. I gave him a guy five bucks. You know, because he performed. It's, it, you know, that's the way I see this show. 
So you don't five always bucks. have you don't yeah. always have to give. No, I gave him five bucks. I didn't. Give so him uh, have you ever done what I usually do? Is you go up to the guy and you listen, you listen, and you, and you pull out a ten. You say, I, "Here's I'm giving you ten bucks if you stop performing." No, no, I'm not like that. All the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're you're a nice guy. That's why you do that all the time. <laughs> all right, here it is. The moment you've all been waiting for. John, get ready with your UFO sound effects. Earth is under threat of a catastrophic disaster. And luckily, luckily, Russian scientists are gearing up to avert it. According to Russia's space agency, an asteroid. Named oh yeah, we know. this is a this is mainstream media news. Named Apophis could hit the Earth in the 2030s. Now that's the mainstream version of the news. The uh, if you go a little bit deeper into it. You mean to the Russian news media? <laughs> yeah, where all, where all the where the where the Pravda comes from, the truth. Um, the, it's 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 a lot deeper actually, um, and it looks like this thing is going to hit a lot sooner than the than the twenty thirties. Um, in fact, it could come within the next five to six years, and uh, I'll put a couple of links uh, in the show notes. Uh, about uh, the disinformation or the really the untruths that NASA spreads about what they're seeing through their telescopes versus what the rest of the world is seeing, and you just got to question why NASA is is just not you know not truthful about this stuff, uh, particularly about you know they call it a comet. That's what NASA says. Oh, it's a comet, but it's really an asteroid. Which is there's a huge difference between the two. And this thing is, uh, there's a lot of this happening right now. Remember, was it Venus that was struck by uh, by an asteroid? No small one, I might add. I think it was Mars. No, I think it was Venus, actually. I think you're talking about Mars. Mm, I think and it I was think Venus. Nev- I think uh, Jupiter was also hit by a... Maybe it was Jupiter. Yeah. Let me see. Was it Jupiter? Yeah, Jupiter. July. Was hit by uh, a very large structure that entered its planetary zone. Despite uh, everyone tracking all the stuff, no one could mention it. No one, no one could predict it. Um, well, so, they because they they predicted it a few days in advance. Oh yeah. So so we won't have time to get Bruce Willis up there on the asteroid if we only have a couple of days, dude. We need a little more time. Well, that's why a couple of these uh, these people are talking about how we should be spending more money on asteroid hunting rather than global warming. Uh, Crapola. Well, you also, you know, have to take into it that the uh, take into account that the sun has been almost inactive. You know, the it's the they call it the deep solar minimum. Surely you know about this stuff. That's why it's been getting colder the last decade. It's uh, right now in the Netherlands. I was reading in the news, coldest in one hundred years. That doesn't quite jive with global warming. Coldest in 100 years. A new ice age is upon us. People are expecting um, difficulty in travel to Europe maybe up until February because of uh, poor conditions. And that's just infrastructure because look at look at the United Kingdom. You can afford to go to Europe anyway. Yeah, no kidding. Actually, the pound is... Uh, uh, the, well, I think the... Uh, what was the euro? Uh, maybe it was down a little bit. Uh, yours is still a buck forty-five, and the pounds a buck sixty-five is too high. Yeah, 
So you call it, you call it mainstream news, but I'm not seeing it, John. I'm not seeing it's, it on I, mainstream. I heard about it. it. Was on TV or something? They, they had some guy talking. He says, "Yeah, well, we're gonna we it's one in forty thousand chance of hitting the Earth, and we're gonna bomb it anyway, just to see if we know what we're doing. See, see if we can hit it. <laughs> All right, and then uh, this will uh, this applies to you. Are you in Medicare? No. <laughs> don't you, well, you know, I was thinking about when I get older, I think I might, I don't know how, you know, I was asking, what is, I don't even, to be honest about it. You I'm might want even, to look into it. <laughs> what, what Medicare is. Well, I think it's when you're like retired and you don't have any gig and you're not getting any donations, then, uh, you know, there's like, it's like a government sponsored program that still costs you 500 bucks a month. <laughs> uh, but the Mayo Clinic, praised, of course, by our uh, president. As a oh, national yeah. model for efficient health care, has said, you know what, we're going to stop accepting Medicare patients uh, as of January 1st in its primary care clinics in Arizona because the government doesn't pay enough. There you go. There you go. Arizona is where all the retirees go. Exactly. Apparently now they're going there to die. Because it will not put seniors in a position of being put to death by their government. That's a report from Bloomberg. So many physicians have said, I simply cannot afford to keep taking care of Medicare patients. And Medicare is about to be cut if these bills actually come together and pass by half a, was it half a trillion dollars? 400 billion, I think. Yeah. 440, something like that. Yeah. You should find out what that's about, John. Are you a member of the AARP? Not yet. <laughs> you sh- you can be. Aren't you eligible? Aren't you eligible like a You're 50? eligible at 55, I think. Yeah, well, why don't you become a member? There's all kinds of benefits. You can get into Avatar cheap. I, I don't get it. We don't get enough donations for me to afford it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. And then uh, one more from Gitmo And by Nation. the way, we're not stopping this show to prove a point ever. And we do have enough sustaining people that to keep the show going at least twice a week. We're, the three times a week. Things well, are you getting happen. messages? Are, are, are you like reading the chat room now? Or <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not looking at the chat room. I know what the chat rooms are like. They're a bunch of literally. They're mostly bipolar psychos. No, don't say that. <laughs> don't say that, please. You're insulting the listeners. No, our listeners in the chat room are actually pretty good. I like our listeners. They've got a lot of great contributions. They don't sit there and just. Just yap away. You know, they've got some really good stuff. I disagree. This isn't. This is a good chat room we've got going on. We got good people. We got good peeps, man. Well, Stop that. They deteriorate. They always do. Anyways, noagendashow.com or dvorak.org slash na or channeldvorak.com slash na to help us out for the next couple of weeks. And we'll dig out. We'll start looking into the Indian connection, the raw CIA battle and outsourcing, uh, um, and flying saucers. We got no flying saucer story this week. Do you know that there are so many flying saucer stories that I decided not to do them? There were so many videos and sight. It's not flying saucers. It's flying pyramids. Uh, they were actually flying over the pyramids in Egypt. Flying pyramids, yeah. <laughs> no, they were actually flying over the pyramids. It's amazing. But I looked at the video, and the video looked very real, but you know, they added a soundtrack like, a I'm like, ah, John will never believe this one. So I didn't even want to bring it up. But there's been tons and tons of sightings. Oh, yeah, it, it, it never stops. And we're, we're coming up uh, in the next couple of months after the snow clears. We'll have more uh, crop circles. It's going to be a great year. 
crop circles. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. All right, you had a, a little montage uh, that you yeah, wanted. Yeah, we're going to well, we're gonna end the show, and then I'm going to play. I got 11 minutes of clips. Oh, nice. Last year, uh, various clips. They're just short snippets from the various uh, clips and quotes that we've collected. The only one I have that's missing, which I was the reason I didn't do this the last show, was the is, and I still have to go dig it up, but it's it's fine not there. I'll tell you what it is. It's Obama saying that we're as soon as he gets elected president, he's going to get us out of the Iraq War, and you can take that to the bank. Nice. And, and of course, we don't. You couldn't find that one. No, I think it's. I think that somebody came into the house and oh. ransacked the place and erased it. Uh, by the way, from the chat room, uh, we buy your hookers. <laughs> Be quiet, John. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hit you in the mouth. <laughs> Which reminds me. Yes. The hit it in the mouth thing, you didn't plow it out. But that's okay. It's in this clip coming up. Well, you know, we, this was a, a reasonably laid back show. You know, it's like uh, there wasn't yeah, a lot going year, on. The people were just off a holiday. Most people are watching football. We don't make shit up. You know, we only report it as we see it. And I think the nugget for today's show, without a doubt, was your, uh, your raw uh, theory. And I like it. And uh, we'll stay on that. Indeed. So coming to you... Oh, I'm sorry. War with the CIA. People should go to Google and start looking it up, and you're going to read a lot of articles, and it's going to be... It's really interesting. <laughs> Our timing's way off. Let's try that <laughs> one again. So coming to you from <laughs> Kitmo Nation West in the minimum security containment cell, which I can't be in for much longer, actually. Um, it's I really coming down to work. the wire. Well, you know what's crazy is I have papers here that you have to sign as well. What? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, you know, half of uh, no agenda is produced from the, you know, uh, is produced from here. And uh and you're half of no agenda. So you've, you've got to sign some papers. Brother. <laughs> I can hear your jaw like, dropping. <laughs> what? So that was cuz I used the parking space. <laughs> oh yeah, that too. We have important business parking uh, facilities here at uh, at the uh, at the Crackpot Command Center. So yeah, if you don't mind, um, and then I don't know what I have. I got to find the new place. Okay. Damn. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's the new year, and uh, I told you about my um, uh, resolutions for 2010. Working very hard on them, and you'll see some of that coming up in the next week or two, which also involves this program so for the first show of the new year in Gitmo Nation West I'm Adam Curry and I want to wish everybody a happy 2010 and let's hope that this next decade is not like the last miserable one which by the way was the only time in the history of the stock market where a 10 year period took place where if you had invested at the beginning of the 10 years you actually had less money at the end of 10 years of sitting on your money or letting your money sit in the market. Anyway, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday, right here on No Agenda. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. That lady is a lunatic. What she's doing is a danger to society. I'm going to be visited every five years by somebody to talk about how you want to die. I think it's crazy this is in there, but your thoughts. But it's not in there. I mean, basically. It is in there. No, but it's, it's a, in the bill. It's in it's the, it's in the dingle first all, bill. First of all, Chris, Chris, first of all. So if 9-11 happened in a Web 1.0 world, terrorists are certainly in a Web 2.0 world now. If the people of America didn't create the problem, who created the problem? 
if if the people of America didn't create the problem, you said the people of America didn't create the problem. So tell us who created well, it. Well, I this, this were the this, banks involved. Well, I would say this. This was this problem. There's so much blame to go around. And that's the problem with dressing with men and getting naked and showering with them. If one gets the flu, you all get the flu. Just like that. And people who are sick should actually wear masks at home. Because it will not put seniors in a position of being put to death by their government. It's absolutely run out of control, completely run amok. It's not going to work here. Amsterdam is a mess. My Swelling of the brain? Brought on by measles. One thin September soon, a floating continent disappears in midnight sun. Brought on by measles. He smelled like alcohol, so I knew it wasn't real Santa. Because Santa doesn't drink alcohol. <laughs> it happened because reality just became real. 30 hours ago, Yuna Lee and I were prisoners in North Korea. Boxing is full of shit, man. I don't know what you think, but I think American secretaries of state ought to be in the places of human misery around the world. We hit people in the mouth. So what's your story? You're pretty old. You're jealous. Old chicks are totally jealous of me. This is the Foreign Service of No Agenda, presenting the international clip of the week. The NBC store is selling Obama merchandise. NPR laid off in excess of 60 workers, but NPR is also moving to grand new digs in two to three years. Please explain how you can afford the new... Spot. We are great national public treasure, national public radio. Yeah. Sponsorship, underwriting, advertising, call it whatever you want. It's always about hitting the other guy in the mouth, isn't it? That's always going to ever be about. Am I blushing? Drove went from California to Washington, D.C. on algae. Shut up, Grandpa. Why should I take you, with all due respect, your expertise over McChrystal's expertise? I mean, come on. With ragu, you can give your kids veggies they'll actually eat. Generally speaking, we get the joke. You want to educate the American people about science and its relevance today. Do you believe in evolution, sir? Um, I, do I believe in evolution? Uh, I, I embrace the, uh, the, uh, the view that uh, God created the heavens and the earth and the seas and all that's in them. Right, and but you the, believe in evolution as a way means, he did it. The, the means, Chris, that he used uh, to do that, uh, uh, I can't say, but I do believe you can't, in that well, fundamental you believe, truth. Did you take biology in school? Did you take science, which is all based on evolutionary belief and assumption? Well, well Chris... Uh, do you believe... Another, the, the reason I'm asking this, I'm no, not just no, taking great, a fight. To, I, if I, your party wants to be credible to, on yeah. science, you've got to accept science, do you? Yeah, I always, wanted, science. I always wanted to play and inherit the wind, but on the global warming issue, I know that in the mainstream See, media... This on is the, why people the, don't the, trust in Republicans. In the mainstream media, Chris, there is a denial. Um, and he constantly is talking about how there is no global warming. Every climatologist in the world says there's global warming. Every scientist has said there is a problem. We're all on this earth together, and this guy goes out and says that there's no global warming. Who is he? <laughs> If I can add to that, you know, I, I think one of the, the biggest problems we see right now is the fact that so much of what we do online actually requires training. 
And I think where you're going to see the greatest innovation in the coming decade is going to be around that human-computer interface. And think about this. I know there are people on uh, Second Life right now, but imagine a universe where you have the Star Trek holodeck where you could literally ask the computer uh, to act or ask questions and get answers. In the same way, if you look at some of these software companies, they've made it so complicated to interact with their technologies. Uh, and at the same time, the underlying architecture and the platforms, it's almost a chicken and egg question because a lot of it was built and architected around bandwidth constraints. Therefore, you had to deploy technologies that were much more complicated in terms of interacting and communicating. Now, as broadband deployment, and more importantly, um, if you look at uh, the megabits per second, uh, how, much, uh, how much information can we get through the pipeline is going to be so important. And as new and new software technologies are being introduced, what you're going to see a huge change from how applications are architected with skip logic to video and much more human ways of interacting with these applications rather than uh, binary or COBOL ways of interacting with those applications. Oh, my God. I have to sit down. Best news starlet. Lexi Bell. Tori Black. Chase Evans. Jalen Fox. Jaden James. Nikki Jane. Jamie Langford, Jandy Lynn, Megan Malone, Priya Ray, Faye Reagan, Ryder Sky, Missy Stone, Stoya, Angelina Valentine. Jimmy and Tommy and me, and there was Anthony Stabile. How you doing? Frankie Carbone. And then there was Mo Black's brother, Fat Andy. And his guys, Frankie the Wop. I got in trouble. Freddie No Knows. And then there was Pete the Killer, who was Sally Balls' brother. And you had Nikki Eyes. What's up, guy? And Mikey Francesi. That guy, yeah, I want to see him. And Jimmy Two Times, who got that nickname because he said everything twice, like... I'm going to go get the papers, get the papers. Are you mad? What sort of a wild goose chase are you suggesting? It's ridiculous. It's time to put a stop to this. Bottom speaking. He's a jackass. Menomina. 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 That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. It was fun. Stuff it. The, the problem that I was having with the solo is that it, like, it's getting a little noodly. Like, um, I'd rather it be like,
helps. That would be great. measles.